What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the 615 Podcast. It's your host, Lee Hillis, and today, you see, we're talking Titans, Broncos, but we're also previewing Titans, Packers, ahead of Thursday Night Football tomorrow night. And you see, our guest is Chris Harris from WSMV in Nashville, and we'll be back with Chris right after this. everybody welcome back and of course you see the social scroll across the bottom of the screen uh twitter at podcast 615 instagram at the underscore 615 podcast tiktok at lee hillis and youtube the 615 podcast and of course donations to keep this thing rolling are greatly appreciated and let's go bring our guest in here chris harris from wsmv chris welcome in hey thanks very much glad to talk with you and uh, so, of course, some breaking news per Teron Davenport. It looks like Caleb Farley is out for the year. Yeah, he's out. They put him on the Titans put him on injured reserve yesterday. So, uh, so he's done. Tough, tough luck for the former first round draft pick going on IR for the second straight year. And uh, let's go ahead and look at Titans Broncos. Titans offensively. You see that number for Derek? That is very unlike the King Derek Henry. Yeah, uh, the Broncos obviously made an effort to stop the run on Sunday, and uh, and that's what they did, and it opened up the passing game. I believe the Titans had more uh, more passing attempts and passing completions. I mean, it was in the upper echelon uh, for the entire season, and so uh, Tannehill threw two touchdown passes. So yeah, they they tried to they stacked the box and kept Henry from kind of getting his hundred yards, but uh, Tennessee was able to find, find some offense through the air for a change Uh, much needed and much welcomed after the previous couple of weeks without Tannehill. And so that's how they were able to be successful is through the air this time. And of course, what about the career day for Nick Westbrook Aquino? Five catches, one nineteen, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Big day for Nick, big day. Um, up until this game, Titans receivers only had one single touchdown receiving touchdown the entire year. And that was by Robert Woods up in Indianapolis. So Nick Westbrook uh, got two of them. A couple of great plays, one great catch and throw in the side of the end zone right there with Nick getting the two toes down uh, for the completion there. And then the other was the flea flicker, the best call of the game where NWI was completely wide open. Um, And so that that was an easy six for him. And then, of course, defensively, this team really showed what they're made of. Without Jeffrey Simmons, without Bud Dupree, without Zach Cunningham, without Harold Landry. Yeah, definitely. Six sacks. And got guys stepping up big all over the place, right? Yeah, there you see the graphic. Demarcus Walker, uh, who is just – he and Mario Edwards, I think, have been a revelation on that defensive line as they rotate guys in and out. Th- those guys have – gotten quality snaps and quality minutes. They both played excellent uh, up in Kansas City in that that slugfest against the Chiefs. Um, but that was huge. Rashad Weaver has come on and uh, made the most of his opportunities for the most part. Yeah, you see Naquan Jones as well. 
Tier Tart is a guy who's unsung, I believe, because he doesn't have a sack yet, but he is a space eater up there in the middle. And he allows guy, he's the guy who allows other guys to kind of get their bones and get those sacks in there because he just he commands such such a presence uh on the interior of that defensive line that guy's got to know where he is and so that frees up some other guys and of course you see the guy right there right at the very bottom terrence mitchell with the game ceiling interception yeah yeah terrence has really come on too and actually talked to him in the locker room right after the game because you know the beginning of the season he was noted for like mac Hollins just kind of feasted on him in that game against the raiders um, it wasn't clearly Terrence's best moment, but since that moment, uh, he's really improved and caught on. And I was talking with him about that, uh, again, in the locker room afterwards. And he just said, you know, you just, just got to keep plugging away and trusting what you're doing. And you're going to be put positions at that, at that position to succeed or fail countless amount of times. And it's just how you keep playing the next play. And he's been a real contributor for them, uh, since being brought to the team at the beginning of the year. And then of course, Denver offensively they have not that bad of an offense but there's some things where they could work yeah you know russell wilson anytime you play him he gives he gives the defense something to think about i was just kind of blown away by the russell wilson that i remember from a few years ago versus the guy who was out there this past sunday he's a scrambler and he can still do that but when his kind of his deal and what's made him so successful is throwing on the run. Once he gets out and he bades and he eludes a sack or a tackle, he's able to hit guys in stride on the run. He was not able to do that on Sunday. Um, granted, the Titans were swarming him, and that was a big thing. And the coverage on the back end was very good, too. So I think it was a combination of both. But, uh, yeah, the Titans did an excellent job of uh, of shutting down the Broncos' offense and the the running game for Denver was just non-existent. So they made him one-dimensional, and then they made run, Russ run, and then they made Russ go onto the ground. And as you said, it running game was non-existent between two between two running backs. It, they were they both had twenty-four yards apiece. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. That's that's the Titans' mo these days is to stop the run make the other team one-dimensional, and then kind of pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. And since, going back to the defensive line, since they're getting such good push up front, they don't have to blitz all the time. Now, the game against Kansas City was different because they blitzed a ton of times. But when you get that push up front with four guys, that gives you a lot of opportunity to do more stuff um, on the back end and in the middle of the field. And uh, that's that's what they were able to do. And, of course, Jalen Virgil. One catch, 66 yards. Yeah, kind of the only busted play for the Titans defense on that day. The rookie, he had, that was his first ever NFL catch, in fact, coming out of Appalachian State. And he, he goes untouched, 66 yards. So that was, yeah, the one the one blemish for the defense on that day. But after that, it was, it was pretty much smooth sailing. But there is something I did want to bring up for some news just broke uh, within the last couple hours. Metro Nashville Public Schools. The football fields are getting a, a facelift. Yeah, from what I saw, it's a great collaboration between the city and the Tennessee Titans um, and then a third party uh, where there's going to be $15 million gift given to the 15 public high schools uh, in the metro area. So a million bucks a piece to mostly be used, from what I can understand, uh, on artificial turf surfaces, which is just great. As someone who goes to high school football games every single week, because we love to cover the high school football at Channel 4, 
I'm at a lot of those Metro games and the fields aren't great at most of them. And so this is, this is a fantastic commitment that the Titans and the city really are making to those schools to help kind of build up the infrastructure. I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful because Metro Metro football over the last few years has, has been suffering. And this is, this is a great step to try to get them back on track. There's some good teams uh, in Metro like Cane Ridge is one of the best six, eight teams in the state. They're still in the playoffs. Pearl Cone is one of the best teams in 4A. They're still in the playoffs. East Nashville is one of the best teams in 3A. They're still in the playoffs. So, yeah, this is a great commitment for schools like that who already are up here competing at a high level. And for some of the schools who are still trying to build themselves up into something special, it's another great commitment for them, too, to say, look, we have this foundation here and we can build from there. And, of course, the Titans' new stadium. What were your thoughts when that when they dropped those renderings? Yeah, I think it looks great. It's very interesting how the the concept of what a stadium uh, will look like is kind of evolving and what a stadium should be. Like when I think of a massive stadium, I just think of like the old, like huge, huge mega stadiums, right? That um, almost like cookie cutter giant football stadiums. But the Titans and, and really, I think, you know, it started at SoFi in L.A. Um, a couple of years ago. But the thing um, with what they built out in LA um, with kind of like a covered canopy net and it's kind of set down in, in the earth a little bit. Um, it's just kind of more like a like an open venue, kind of a unique space. And then uh, in Las Vegas, the thing that they built, that's like the big black glass thing off the strip. And so I think teams are kind of kind of evolving and reinventing the way that uh, conceptually stadiums look. And so clearly the renderings here with the Titans, uh, it it almost looks like a cross between fifth and broad and top golf, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like when it's all said and done, assuming Metro Council ends up passing uh, everything that they need to get done. So it's still at a standstill in Metro Council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it goes through the council. Um, and, you know, by no, like you'd like to say it's procedural, but by no means is it procedural. It still has to be voted on and approved. Um, but that's just kind of part of the process of all of it. I mean, the, the numbers show that the reason for a new stadium is is, is paramount over uh, kind of building and repairing what they have and improving on what they have. But um, yeah, it's still, still got to get be approved by Metro Council. And so let's go ahead and go to the game tomorrow night, Titans-Packers. Of course, this game is at Lambeau a place you do not want to play in November. Yeah. I don't know if you want to play there anytime, right? Um, <laughs> they, they, they rock it in that, in that place, but yeah, it's going to be cold. That's for sure. Guys are used to, uh, used to playing in the cold. We kind of talked to them a little bit about that uh, yesterday. And there's obviously a mystique about Lambeau. And the last time the Titans went in there a couple of years ago is snowing and blizzard like, and, and the Packers just spanked them. But uh, they had Devontae Adams on that team, and this team does not. This Packers team is very different than the one that they faced up there a couple of years ago. And this Packers team is a run-heavy team. And the analytics from last weekend don't lie. Aaron Rodgers was 14 of 20, 224 yards and three touchdowns. And then, of course, the, double, the two-headed monster, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Had a couple of times this week that three of their last four games, the team has run for more than 200 yards, which is a real commitment to the run. 
when you think about what the Packers usually are uh, when they try to air it out. But yeah, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and the offensive line have really been working well together up front. And Dylan, I tell you this, when it's cold and you have a guy like Dylan who's built like a bowling ball coming at you, it's almost like trying to tackle Derrick Henry as far as the size uh, of him. Um, so that's that's something that the Titans are absolutely going to key on. And like we mentioned earlier, something that they have keyed on all year is their their first MO going into every game is stopping the run. And of course, the guy right there right at the very bottom is a guy that I was high on in this draft class, Christian Watson. Yeah, had a big game uh, last week with the three touchdowns. Had a couple of drops, too. I think the, the passing game for them has definitely been uh, an up-and-down situation with with Rodgers. they got so many young guys in there and other guys who've gotten hurt. And so they've been really trying to figure it out uh, up until this point. Watson, Watson finally had a big game. and They were expecting big things out of him uh, out of college, that's for sure. So he'll be someone that the Titans will have to key on, no doubt. And uh, let's go ahead and head into uh, the four keys to victory for both sides. There's two apiece. I start off Green Bay. Use your passing attack. This Titans defense or the Titans secondary is the wor- is one of the worst against the pass. Yeah, it's it's like a bend but don't break type situation. Obviously, they're limiting teams from scoring, which is the main thing. Uh, they have been susceptible to the explosive plays. That's that's for sure. Um, and so, yeah, the numbers are stacked up against the Titans uh, when it comes to passing defense. But yeah, again, the name of the game is keep the guys out of the end zone. That's for sure. And you see the stats right there. Titans are 31st yeah. against the pass. Yeah. Yeah. That's just one of the, one of those deals um, that they've kind of just, yeah, given, given up deep balls here and there all, all year. Uh, but again, keeping teams out of the end zone has, has been their MO. And if you're Tennessee in Lambeau in November and December, you run the rock. Yeah. You definitely try to establish the run. Up until last week, yeah, Derrick Henry had five straight 100-yard rushing games. So that'll absolutely be something that they're going to try to uh, to get going again up there. Now, a key thing is uh, Ben Jones has been in concussion protocol the last couple of days. So right now he's he's TBD. So if they're without their starting center, then that adds another wrinkle. Corey Levin would be the guy that steps in for him there. But that is that is something to watch on uh, on Thursday, kind of leading up to the game, uh, see what their offensive line is like, if they have their leader in the middle or not. And then, as as I was saying, the Titans, they're ninth offensively in the running game. Oh, yeah. That's that's their identity, man. They're, they're bread and butter for, for years. They, my, what Mike Grable said a couple of weeks ago after a win, maybe it was the one in Houston, it's like the difference between every NFL team and us is we have Derrick Henry and they don't. And so that's, that's what they do. Yeah. They try to get him going and establish that run. And then – as I said, one of my other keys, slow down the Packers' two-headed monster in the backfield. Yep. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Yep, yep. Those guys have really, really helped the Packers um, offensively as they tried to kind of figure things out. Um, they're, the Packers are an interesting team. They just, they've just they had a down year so far. They got a huge win against Dallas uh, on Sunday, which I'm curious to see kind of how they respond to that on, on a short week. Uh, but at four, at four and six, it's a very unpackers-like situation. Ten games into the season, and the last key for me, this is for Green Bay: neutralize the Titans' pass rush. Yeah, good luck with that. 
no one's been able to for uh, for quite some time, depending on who's back there. Now, another thing to watch, too, is if Jeffrey Simmons will be back or not. We were talking to him in the locker room yesterday. He was not wearing a boot, which is a good sign because he uh, was dealing with an ankle injury uh, issue for the last couple of weeks, and that kept him out, obviously, on Sunday. So he is a huge key to what they do up front with that pass rush. I got to be honest, I was surprised at how effective the pass rush was without him against Denver. Um, but the schemes that they call up and the guys they roll through there have just been phenomenal. Um, and so, yeah, good, good luck neutralizing the pass rush, especially at Big Jeff plays. And uh, there were some moves made yesterday. Of course, Titans signed defensive lineman Laurel Murchison and linebacker Joe Schobert to off the practice squad to the active roster. Yeah, those guys have been contributors to them uh, lately when guys have gone down. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of a procedural thing. The bigger thing when we were talking about moves is uh, so they brought in a new kicker, Josh Lambeau, and added him to the practice squad yesterday, which should tell you a lot about where Randy Bullock is right now. For the folks that don't know, Bullock kind of tweaked a calf pregame against the Broncos, so he did not kick off. He did stay in and kick extra points in the field goal, um, but clearly that's an issue. He has not practiced the last couple of days, so they brought in Josh Lambeau off the street, and we'll see what happens on Thursday night. I'd say right now the chances are 50-50 whether or not Lambeau is the guy on Thursday, but that's, that's something to watch for sure um, if the Titans end up having a new kicker up in Green Bay, in the cold, in that type of setting. Uh, I don't know how long you've watched the Titans, Lee, but, you know, a few years ago they ran through like six different kickers yes. in one season. So, yeah, kick, kicking game has been an issue for them for a while. They finally got it stabilized last year with Bullock when they brought him in. Um, but, wow, here we go again. So we'll see if, if Lambeau in, ends up being the dude on Thursday or not. And, of course, not only did they add Josh Lambeau, they added DB Devontae Harris and DB Greg Mabin. Yeah, just, you know, filling out the roster for uh, potential situations. you got to have, you know, X amount of guys to practice when other guys are going down. So they've been rolling dudes in and out of there all season long. So I think they're up to 70 now, 70 different players played um, through the, what, the 10 games that they played right now. So, yeah. And I'm going to say this. I think Tennessee is on their way to breaking their record from last year. Nah, yeah, we'll see. That'll be tough to get to. But, man, that was crazy last year watching watching all those guys go down and, and different people stepping up. And, of course, I'm going to throw your Twitter on the screen for anybody, any, any of my guys, um, Titans and Truth, Titans Rossi, if any of y'all guys want to get Chris on there, his Twitter is at WSMV. And uh, I know we went through this quick, but Chris, thank you for taking time out of your day to do this. Yeah, happy to do it, man. Always happy to talk Titans. They're our thing that, that we cover. And I don't, I don't know if you're aware or the people watching are aware, but, you know, we do uh, a Titans game day show every Sunday morning at 1030. And so we are ever like every almost every show has been like a different setup. So like they've had some noon games where we're out at Nissan Stadium live 90 minutes before kick. We've been on the road with them twice uh, at Indianapolis and then at Kansas City. Um, obviously, the Indy game was right before kick, and the KC game was our Sunday night football game that was on Channel 4. So we were in the team hotel there. Um, other times, we've been in the studio. This week, we'll be in the studio because um, 
of the game on Thursday night. So this this uh, Sunday will be a, a little different type show. It'll be kind of a recap of what's happened and then and looking forward to the rest of the season. So we have a lot of fun with that. It's me and Mike Keith and Coach Dave McGinnis and Jim Wyatt joins us and Nikki Latarulo, who I work with, joins us. Um, we run some sound from players. We just kind of go into kind of analysis each week, what we've seen, what we should see, what we like, what we don't like. So it's a lot of fun there. So, yeah, be sure to check out uh, Channel 4 uh, on Sunday mornings at 1030. Well, everybody, as I always say, stay classy and tighten up. <laughs> tighten up! Let's get tightened up! Tighten up!